What's up, guys? Lucas Till and Steven Talbert with Optimum Athletes, back from another episode of the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about spin efficiency and why it's important. Uh, Steve, you got any initial thoughts on the topic? Uh, no, we'll probably go into a little bit of the fastball, see how we can uh, maximize the heater, give some key points we look for, things we use, tools, different uh, guys we've used with our athletes and things like that. So it should be fun. Yeah, so just right off the bat, why is spin efficiency important? Um, right. Well, for one, uh, if you're on the fastball, the higher spin efficiency means the more behind the ball you are. Yeah. And that means the more force you're actually applying to the ball, so usually the faster you'll throw. Yep. So if you're you know, throwing cutters and you're off to the side of the ball, your velo goes down, which if you're trying to throw a cutter, that's great, but if you're trying to throw a forcing fastball, it's not what you're going for. Yeah. Um, the second reason why spin efficiency is important is you're gonna actually utilize the amount of rotations that you're putting on the ball. So if your spin rate is 2400, but you're cutting it to where you're only having a say 70% spin efficiency fastball, yeah. you might only be utilizing 2,000, 2,100 of the spin of the, of the spins, yeah. uh, and so the ball is going to have less movement, and it's going to be easier to hit. It's going to be flatter. That's the big part, I think. It's movement, so it directly affects the movement of the pitch. So then, if you're like you're saying, if you're throwing a pretty high, you're a guy that can spin the ball really well, but you're not really maximizing your arsenal at that point. Because before we address the raw spin, I think we got to get into the efficiency because the raw spin doesn't really matter at that point. If you're in the shit, we've seen 40, 60 percenters, 70 percenters. You know, so if you can address the efficiency before you dive into that raw uh, data side of it, it's going to be important. So you got to you got to really focus on how that ball is coming out, how it's coming off your fingers, and how it's spinning. Because like you're saying, it goes right back in the middle of the plate. You know, the movement's affected. Guys are going to get some more swings off on you, and you might not know why. You know, you think your fastball is just getting hit, but you don't know why. It's kind of right. you know, it's going to be a bit of a problem for you. Uh, I mean, obviously there's so many factors onto what makes a pitch good or make, makes a pitch bad, what yeah. uh, ultimately results in a pitcher having success or failure on the field. Um, but just to focus on spin efficiency for this episode, once you know, you know what your spin efficiency is, you kind of have to see, okay, if my spin efficiency is low and I want to increase it you know, on the fastball, how would, how would we go about doing that? Yeah, I think if you know, nowadays there's so many different ways you can do it. Um, more bit budget friendly than the track man, probably the rap soda. <laughs> Definitely. Being your best bet uh, as far as what we've seen, what we've used in here. Um, different facilities like Driveline, uh, they were crazy about it when it first came out. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really been a huge tool for us. And it'll tell you right off the bat, you know, exactly what your, what your pitch is doing. And then right away, if you see that efficiency number, it'll show up in the percentage there. And if you see it's low, you know, and like I said, the 60, 70% range, you know you're probably either, you know, you're getting on the side of the ball at some point and it's cutting or yeah. maybe even two-seaming away, but you never know. It usually results in some inverted cutter with your fastball, which is pretty common. We see it a lot. Guys that Definitely. throw plow balls have done that, uh, doing a different variety of drills maybe without any coaching or any sort of video work. Uh, they don't know they're doing it a lot of times. So that yeah, episode is a good bit. I just want to reemphasize that the Rapso is such a great tool because not only does it give you the information, it gives you the information in a timely manner. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, three to five seconds after a pitch, you know whether that was, you know, a good pitch or a bad pitch based on whatever you're looking for, right? So if you're mm-hmm. looking to work on spin efficiency and you throw one and you think, oh, that was a good feel, and then it comes back in the Rapso, it was 70%. You're yeah. like, oh, maybe I had a false feel there. 
And if you throw something another pitch and it feels different in your hand and it comes back, it was 90% spin pitch. So you know, mm -hmm. oh, I'm chasing that feeling now because yeah. my numbers will be better. It can be that quick too. We've seen that with guys. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. It's, it's actually really fun. So that's, you know, just giving the athlete the information and the comfort of knowing, hey, I'm not really guessing here. I'm not going off the naked eye. I know that that was a good or bad pitch. And then we compare that with the high-speed camera. So, yep. Uh, yep. you know, if you, iPhones could work, um, but there are some pretty cheap cameras that do a pretty good job. Um, the one we have shoots in a thousand frames per second and we pair that up with the Rapsodo and so you can see the numbers on the Rapsodo, you can go back and watch the pitch again five, ten seconds after yeah. after the pitch and look, oh this is the way it actually came off my fingers and that's what I was feeling. Here's what the numbers of Rapsodo are saying. I can put all that together and it's just another way to try yeah. to put pieces of the puzzle together. Paints a whole picture for you. You know, you can see, like you say on that video, where your hand is in time and space better than any coach can, any person can with the naked eye. Nobody's going to tell you differently. I mean, that's a that's a fact. So you'll be able to see it's going to be very accurate. And you can, like you're saying, you can pair that up with the Soto in you know three to five seconds, and it's going to give you a really good feel of what you're doing. And for some guys, it's easier. Some guys, it's harder. It's going to be a longer battle. Different, you know, it's going to be a different process for everybody. But it's better than just guessing. And if you're fa if you're somebody where you're, you know, your fastball's getting hit around a little bit and you're like, I can throw the ball hard, I spin the ball well, you know, I think, it looks good. Uh, it's worth looking into, you know, the efficiency's first step for us, I think, you know, then we got to maximize the arsenal from there. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, this, this case we saw with one of our uh, trainees, and we actually talked about this on a previous episode, uh, Tyler Ferguson. Yeah. I got to spin a mid-upper 90s uh, fastball, which on paper you'd think, oh, this guy throws hard, he's not going to be getting hit around, but he was getting hit around. And you know, once you saw the numbers, he was averaging like mid seventies, seventies, maybe low eighties uh, percent wise. Spin fishing was fastball, yeah. and we did a lot of work with him. I mean, if you want to kind of take us through some of the things that he did to attack that spin efficiency. Yeah, with with Ferg, I know uh, he was with the Dodgers. He he had some time, I believe, with Driveline, um, where he was working on. Uh, you know, a process where he was trying to chase the spin efficiency was very, very important for him uh, to get more swings and misses, get out of the middle of the plate. So for us, it was, you know, we first took him into the pivot pickoff throw, which we love here. It's a good drill, one of our staples. Um, and it was pretty noticeable right away. It was a, it was a, an inadvertent slider out of the hand, you know, coming out of his movement. Um, so essentially what we did was cue him up on his, you know, ring and middle finger, which was big for us, give him a target off the right side of his shoulder. So he was really almost pronating like a changeup through that, that throw. Um, not 100 miles an hour, a lot of feel, you know, 50, 70% throws. Um, and as that progressed, I believe he got on a, a clean fuego kick, mm -hmm. which was cool. That's also a great tool. And it's a, what, what are you, a shaved off ball, essentially? Yeah. They shave off the sides. It's like a hockey puck. And uh, watching him throw that now, at the beginning was pretty wobbly, but, um, it's fun to watch him throw. Now he spins the ball. I, I think now in his bullpens, he's anywhere from 93%, 96%. Yeah. I don't know the last time I saw a fastball under 90%. Yeah, and it's been, and for him, like I said before, it was a guy that took a lot of reps. I mean, this was a, a lot of specific time spent on the pivot pickoff drill, you know, different cues as far as the changeup goes, getting over the ball early. There's a whole list of things we've kept track of for him. And he's just a great worker himself, so he, he dives in this stuff heavy. Right. So that's another thing what it does, it empowers the player. And that's what we're trying to do. Definitely. You know? And it comes out on top. Yeah, I just want to touch on a couple things you said there. Uh, first off, just kind of feel versus real, right? So if a lot of guys are cutting the ball, if you give them the cue of, hey, pronate like a changeup, they might feel like they're really inside that ball. Yeah. But then you go back and video, maybe they're just back behind it. 
and it's just going to feel so different to them. Uh -huh. um, so don't be afraid to kind of go to a drastic kill like that if you are so far on one end of the spectrum. Um, and then, yeah, he used the Clean Fuego, which, again, is a great tool. But just a couple of things that you can do, obviously, if you don't have the budget for a Clean Fuego, if you don't have the budget for a high-speed camera. Right. Um, as you mentioned, hockey pucks, they're not quite as wide as a Clean Fuego, and the Clean Fuego does have uh, seams on them. Yeah. Uh, but you can get a decent uh, feedback with the hockey puck uh, if you can get. I mean, they're, I think they're a couple of bucks on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. You can throw that just at the beginning of your catch play. But the other one I like a lot too is just like you said, changing the target on your pivot picks mm -hmm. and just plyo balls in general. If you're moving the target off the right side of your body, it's going to force you to actually stay behind the ball. It's going to be really tough to cut the ball and still throw it to your throwing arm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also. In addition to where the target is on the wall, because a lot of guys try to throw the ball in front of their face, just throwing the heavy balls in general is sometimes tough to go from this mm -hmm. external rotation and layback in supination to all the way back behind the ball at ball release. Yeah. Uh, so just being really conscious of what your pivot picks are looking like, what, how you're moving the heavy balls. If you can get iPhone footage, great. Um, if not, like if it's before the game, the best way to do is just kind of focus externally and move that target to the right side. Mm -hmm. uh, straight, you want a straight line basically from your throwing hand, from ball release yeah. to the wall. Yep. Um, those are just a couple of things that you can do to try to clean up that spin efficiency. Again, like at the end of the day, your spin efficiency matters the most on the mound because that's yep. how we're playing the game. So Rapso is a really good tool for that. Um, but yeah, you got anything else you want to yeah, add? Yeah, no, on? at that point, like, like we said before, to round it back is, you know, address that first get into the spin efficiency and then address the raw stuff like, you know, your spin rate, how that ball's playing out of the axis it's thrown because at that point, like Lucas said, if it's a, you know, you've got a low spin efficiency and you're, you're not using 2,500 RPMs truly, you know, we're not addressing the true problem here. So, you know, really get, if you can get out there, get to a Rap Soto the best you can and, and figure out that spin efficiency. It's going to be, it plays huge benefits to the, to the arsenal, the fastball. Yeah. Just look up guys like Garrett Cole, Verlander, what the Astros did with their guys. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of stuff that is on the internet. It's free. You can read about um, I mean, how it's helped the arsenal. You can look at just freaking like a guy we have in gym, Lucas Giolito. His fastball is 98 to 100 spin efficiency every single time. And he's averaging 21, 2200 inches of V break. And he lives in the upper uh, top of the zone with that fastball. And it plays really well for him. Yeah. Um, we mostly talked about fastballs in this episode, but yeah. spin efficiency also is important for you know your slider, your curveball. It's going to be important in different ways. Yeah. Um, if you're, you are chasing a high spin efficiency for a 12-6 curveball, there's different ways to go about that because usually guys are throwing slurves. It's mm -hmm. at 50% spin efficiency, and you want to really get to the front of the ball. Um, you know, How true it's coming out. That's where that true life comes from. Yeah. We can. Uh, if you guys are interested, let us know. We can dive more into spin efficiency on breaking balls and off-speed pitches in another yeah. episode. But Absolutely. That's about all the time we have for today. So, yeah, you want your strength to be high on your fastball. We gave you a couple uh, tools and ways to try to attack it if it's low. Uh, but if you have any further questions, let us know. And yeah. besides that, awesome. Until next time, guys. Thanks, guys.